All right, what is going on, y'all? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We are in the middle of the week. We are getting to the afternoon hours here in beautiful, sunny Northern California. You know how I do. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about today, but we are going to go back and uh, go over that mass shooting that happened last week uh, in New Zealand. We'll be going over a response to that as well well as some NCAA action of course the round one of the tournament uh, is today is going on right now we're gonna go over some of the play-in games uh, beforehand uh, that set up the stage for this first round so we're gonna be going over some of those games as well and then we got some NBA news to wrap everything up uh, and I will be breaking down what uh, what to expect for the next couple of episodes uh, yeah we'll be doing that as well too so let's get right into it of course uh, like I do with the word on the street and uh, of course in response to the mass shoot that occurred in Christchurch, New Zealand, uh, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has decided to uh, to ban multiple, uh, sorry, military style and semi-automatic weapons, uh, as well as high capacity, um, high capacity magazines. And of course, like I said, this is response to those mass shootings last week that killed 50 people at a Muslim mosque. Uh, we already know that the killing was ca carried out by a uh, white supremacist. I'm not going to get into all, you know, of all that right now I just want to get more into this response of course we already know about the shooting uh, we already we should know about the shooting by now uh, who did it who was involved so on and so forth so I just want to get into you know her response to that uh, her response to it which was in my opinion uh, a good response in my opinion it was the uh, the most adequate uh response to have but let's get right into it uh the the new rule right now would uh the new well the new uh legislation that they're coming up with right now uh proposes a buyback of guns and also regulation on ammo and weapons in general uh, i like this quote right here actually the next two quotes i'll give to you guys because it gives you an explanation on what uh on the exact type of weapon that they're looking to get out of people's hands at least the regular people's hands and so there's no uh issues here uh so the prime minister went on to say the guns used in these terrorist attacks had important distinguishing features first big capacity and also their delivery they had the power to shoot continuously uh, but they also had large capacity magazines so that pretty much puts um that pretty much explains what they're out there, you know, what what they're trying to ban. Uh, they're not trying to ban, take away everybody's guns. They're not trying to take everything away from you. Uh, but there is a certain caliber of weapon that is uh, being used to devastate and effect, uh, that is being used to murder and slaughter people. So I think uh, they're, they're looking at it from that direction. They're not looking to take away everybody's guns, but they are uh, looking out for a good majority of people's safety. Uh, moving on, I thought this quote was very um, telling as well because again, it's more. Uh, it gives you more of a more of an example of what they're talking about in terms of the weaponry that they're trying to take away. Uh, this addresses the key concerns that we have. It's hitting those military-style semi-automatics is exactly what we wanted. And this is coming from Chris Cahill, president of the Police Association. And I get it, a cop said it or whatever. But in all reality, let's think about it this way. Uh, now I can get you if you're in a hunting, you're a hunting enthusiast, or you're a military enthusiast. Either you're in the military, you served in the military, you know about weaponry, you know about guns. I have no uh, problem with somebody like that 
obtaining the training or obtaining a weapon like that, that's one thing. Or, you know, some type of rifle for a hunter, all that. Those things I'm okay. Even in terms of domestic houses and just, you know, personal protection, I wouldn't mind a, 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 a you know, a pistol or even a Desert Eagle, you know, semi-automatic pistol, something like that. Um, maybe a shotgun to protect your home or a rifle, again. But I'm just trying to figure out what do regular people that aren't in the military, that aren't in a police force, what do we what do we need a semi-automatic weapon for? Unless we're planning on going to battle with each other, unless you're in a militia or unless you're in some military uh, military minded. I'm not too sure what your purpose would be with a semi-automatic. I've been trying to, you know, wrap the question around my head about it uh, the entire time. Uh, first and foremost, of course, I can only speak for myself. Uh, I myself, I, you know, even yes, there is, you know, such thing as protection and self-preservation. But I, again, I don't see where I would need mili military grade uh, weapons to do such, uh, you know, um, of course, you know, everybody has their varying levels of um, experience with weapons and so on and so forth. But at the same time, again, if you're not if you're not serving in the active military, if you're not on an armed reserve, if you're not in the police force, if you're not on a, on a militia force uh, required by a state, then again, why do you need semi-automatic weapons? Why do you need an AK-47? Why do you need an SK? Again, I don't even know how these weapons are made available to people who aren't even serving in any type of active duty military or police force. I, I think uh, the regular people should be um, should have a selection of a very a very tight and restrictive selection based on what our knowledge is and what our experience with fire weapons is again if you're a gun enthusiast if you know about these weapons if you know how to use them that's something different but not everybody that you're going to come across with with all these weapons necessarily know how to use them or anything like that um now, don't get me wrong, now, the gun enthusiasts do, like, the you know, your quote-unquote, you know, uh, the hunters and all that. But the, these guys that they keep, you know, tracking down and and all that, they seem to have a varying degree of skill or background with these weapons. Sometimes, you know, they were a part of a militia or they were uh, trained. So, there's a lot of nuances here. Um, I definitely get it. But at the same time, I think uh, semi-automatic weapons that can take down 50 people. Uh, I think the sales of those type of weapons, in my opinion, should be restricted. I don't think everybody needs to have access to those. I don't think people don't understand the importance of using those uh, type of weapons. If we're talking about a domestic attack, if somebody's trying to invade our country, then by all means, pull out your AR-15. But if you're just, you know, running around your neighborhood, um, so on and so forth, who needs an AR-15 AR for that? Who needs an SK for that? Uh, mind you, if you live in a state like Alaska where you're pretty much out there in wilderness and all that, and you have elks and freaking caribou running around on your goddamn lawn and you got grizzly bears in your backyard, fine, that's something different. That's completely different. I get that. I get having some high power weaponry to, to help defend yourself on the frontier. But again, there's there's diff there's you know, situation, there's context. You know, you living in a city, you live with all these different people. Um you know why? Why would you need? Why outside of you know personal protection? What what do you really need? I mean, how big of an arsenal do you need to have? Think about it. Um, I think that's the biggest question there. And then you have, of course you have the whole false flag situation uh, that a lot of the right wing people want to put out there because again they don't want to give up any type of weaponry. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna the right wing of course is gonna push it and say well it's a ban on all weapons. But of course you keep sit you keep hearing two words. I've already mentioned them twice here in two different quotes. Military style 
high capacity ammo. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not in the military. I don't need a military style weapon. You can give me a shotgun, teach me how to use it, and I'll be all right. I can defend my family with it. I'm, um, you know, so on and so forth. Teach me how to shoot a pistol, so on and so forth. I don't think the regular the regular Joes like you and me need a SK for SK or an AK forty seven. I mean, you see what we're the regular you know what regular people in the hood are doing with these weapons. You know, you see what they do. You know what these drug dealers are doing and these, these shooting that they're carrying out. You know, these are done by high power for high power weapons, just like the the mass shootings. So, just like the the crazy white guy doesn't need a a weapon, the crazy uh, lone wolf, you know, the tortured soul doesn't need a weapon. But neither does the the crazy ghetto dope dealer either. Now, because what is he gonna do with his gun? He gonna do the same thing. So I think it it, it needs to, to to come full circle, and I think there does need to be some regulation. Again, regulation is not outright taking your guns away. What it's telling you is you're an average citizen. You're not in the military. You have no military clearance, so you don't need none of that. Take your little pistol, take your little six-shooter, whatever you need, your little rifle if you want to go hunt, and you go do that. You know what I'm saying? If you need to protect your family, keep a little shotgun. I wouldn't mind one machine gun possibly, but these that's people that have whole arsenals. For what? You're not even living in the woods nowhere. You don't hunt nothing like that. Again, you're not in a militia, so what do you need? What do you need? What do you personally need a surplus of guns for? Nothing. Who's gonna come and get you? Who? Really? The government is the only people that had the power to come and take just come in your house and take your shit and you ain't got the guns to fight them, really. I'm just that's just me. Uh so I agree, um I personally agree with uh some type of regulation. Here, same thing. Uh, I'm very taken aback by what Donald Trump recently did by allowing people who have been uh, previously, you know, stated to have mental inc uh, mental inconsistencies, mental issues, so on and so forth, uh, be allowed to attain weapons. I don't understand that. I don't think people who have who been, who been confirmed to have, especially if it if if some of their issues have led to to to, to them harming other people or harming themselves, they should be far away from weapons. Just saying, and that's just the way. I mean, if you if you already have a, a, a something against your record where you've already committed a violent crime, if it wasn't done to self defense, I'm sorry. I think you've 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 eliminated your 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 chance to own a gun because again, you didn't use it right. You weren't mature enough to understand the importance of it. If you're living in the middle of the woods and you're 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 halfway roughing it, then go ahead. You know you need a gun to hunt. Uh, you live in a lawless, somewhat of a lawless area. You might need to protect yourself. I get that. But again, we're talking self-protection. We're not talking, uh, 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 you know, Baghdad to circa 2003 when we when we invaded, talking about we're fighting for freedom. You're not living in that situation. So the chances of us really, really needing these weapons, from in my opinion, are low. Don't get me wrong. There's a you're you're you're. I mean, living in you know certain places, yeah, you're you're you can be a victim of a carjacking any day. But do you really need a, a semi-automatic to protect you for that? Now, now, if they have it, I get it. If they have a, if they have a, a semi-automatic, then that's the problem. But again, this is why not everybody needs them, and we don't need them in the, in in outright circulation the way that they are. Okay, uh, moving on. I'm gonna give you guys a couple more facts on this before I let you guys go. Uh, only four percent in, uh, sorry, only four percent of weapons are registered in New Zealand. On top of that, so uh, there's a there's a good chance where you know something like this could happen again. 
or it could be a retaliation type situation because again um only four percent of these these weapons are re are uh, even registered to people now and it's estimated that 250,000 people own 1.2 uh to one and a half million pretty yeah one and a half million guns in new zealand so those are two inter interesting facts right there that's a lot of guns uh and that's a lot of guns not being not um not registered so there's no database uh so there's no way to tell you know how the gun was attained who has it really so uh that those are very serious situations that does breed a situation where you know when there's a situation like this when there's racial tensions or there's political tensions it makes it it makes it uh easier for people to carry out these certain attacks and it makes it harder for those those certain attacks to be uh in my opinion investigated because again you don't have a you don't have a, a clear i mean at least i mean you can investigate you know in terms of guilt i guess in terms of that but in terms of solving the problem because again you don't have a database you haven't registered any guns so eventually you're gonna get a, you're gonna get into a situation where you know you have all these weapons out here and all this just drama going down so i i think it's imperative that again regulation is the key word here there's no and i in in the ban you need to you need to understand the context of the word ban when they say ban they're not talking about all weapons they're talking they're talking about the ban on semi-automatic military style again i'm going to keep stressing it if you're not in the military I, do you really need military grade weapons no you don't that's my opinion other people could feel differently that's just me. Uh, but the new law should be in place by April 11th when their uh, parliament meets up again. And licensing rules will also be changed. So uh, the regular gun license, which I believe is an A license out there, uh, that will be uh, for certain uh, requirements or for certain weapons that you might want to attain, you might have to upgrade uh, to an E license, which is up, which is definitely harder to get. Uh, the process there is a lot more stringent. So the more levels you attain, the more i guess the more varying uh weapons you might want to attain the more training and more licensing that you're gonna have to go through and i think that's all important okay because again i don't think just anybody needs to be wielding, wielding ak's whether it's the crazy the crazy guy uh the, the crazy white lone wolf or the, the black crazy killer thug i'm sorry sorry doesn't fit and in this country it's the same thing uh the terrorists shouldn't have them uh anybody that's trying to just outright murder people and take away people's shit shouldn't have weapons sorry like that military style weapons really they shouldn't be having any weapons again weapons should be used for self-defense uh and hunting if you need to if it's not used for self-defense or hunting then really you're just you're, you're just you're just showing them off and um yeah, it's it's a little bit of an overkill in my opinion. I'm just saying that there's only two reasons really to be using guns in this in, in any situation. And that's for self-preservation and um and and uh hunting, if like I said, if that's what you do. Uh for mass shootings, killing shooting shooting fifty people every day, shooting fifty people every now and again, no. Uh shooting at people from a, a casino window, no. Busting at people in your in your community for drug for drug territory, no. No, there is a problem with semi-automatic military-style weapons, and not just New Zealand, but in, in many different countries, and it's affecting many people of different backgrounds and races, and it has nothing to do with none of that, and it's a serious issue, and I hope eventually uh, people uh, start to see that.
Uh, but for now, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we will be going over some college basketball. We will be going over some scores from the last from last night. Uh, it was the, the round of the first four, so the preliminaries uh, for the first round. So we'll be going over those scores as well, uh, basically setting the stage for what's going on as we speak. Like I said, as we speak. As of right now, today, uh, we will be going over those scores, the first round scores, uh, I want to say in the next couple of days. So we'll have those scores ready, the scores from today and tonight. And uh, we'll actually have some first round action going on tomorrow. So we'll be covering that to. Uh, covering that in our next episode as well but for now we'll be going over last night's action from the first four all right y'all i'll be right back all right y'all i am back like i said i was gonna go over some college basketball uh and like i said the tournament is underway as we speak but i will be going over the action that was the first four there were two slots that were uh to be decided over the last couple of days uh two 16 two six possible 16 seeds went at it and two possible um 11 seeds actually four possible 11 seeds went at it uh as well as four 16 seeds so we're going to talk about those uh those four games real quick as well as bringing down some of what's going down today i have no scores right now the games of course are underway uh so let's get right into it uh it all got started with fairly dickinson out there in new jersey getting it done against prairie view a m out there in texas 216 seeds here uh fairly dickinson got the win 82 to 76 let's go through these stats real quick for uh fairly dickinson they were led by guards darnell edge he had 33 points two assists and two assists i'm sorry two rebounds and two assists Jaleel Jenkins also had 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. For Prairie View, they were led by their guard, uh, Gary Blackston. He had 26 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Devontae Patterson also had 17 points, 8 rebounds, <clears throat> excuse me, and 2 assists. For uh, Prairie View, the the game started off really uh, hot for them. They did go on a 14-0 run and ended up outscoring uh Fairly Dickinson 41 to 34 in that first half. Uh, scores, uh, sorry, threes were all over the place. They were living and dying by the three. Uh, Chancellor Williams, uh, one of their players off the bench, was having a phenomenal first half. Nothing but, uh, nothing but threes, like four straight threes, uh, to help them out. Uh, but again, things started to fall, and they also went seven to ten from three, uh, with a lot of help, like I said, from Chancellor Williams. But in that second half, Fairly Dickinson started to pull away. Uh, they they were really making plays throughout the game. Uh, they just weren't uh, they weren't throwing throwing up the three as much. Uh, they scored a lot of points in the paint. They maintained that throughout the game, and eventually it started to work out for them. They played really good defense, forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, but uh, for what it's worth, uh, Fairly Dickinson did start off that second half with three straight turnovers. But like I said, they were able to turn around, and they eventually went. Went on a 15 to 6 1, and uh, Jaleel Jenkins was a, a real big part of that. I think one of the biggest plays for me that I that I really enjoyed in that game uh, was a transitional play that he was a part of. Uh, basically, uh, for, uh, sorry, Prairie View had an easy basket. Uh, they had uh, one of their big men cut, make a big easy cut to the basket, uh, only to be blocked uh, by one of the uh, fairly Dickinson uh, defenders. And Jaleel Jenkins takes that rebound and takes it up the court. And just the transition was so seamless. It was a fast break, like a two-second fast break. He was so quick and so fast, put it right in the, right in the bucket. And it was like a three-point. It was it could have been two points for them. Uh, could have been two points for Prairie A&M. But Fairly Dickinson made it a three-point play because Jaleel Jenkinson, Jenkins, I'm sorry, Jenkinson, sorry. But when Jaleel Jenkins went up for that, that shot, he ended up getting fouled. So imagine two points that could have went to Prairie View, but it ends up being three for Fairly Dickinson. So 
plays like that were uh were hallmark for fairly they um they they got a lot of turnovers again like i said in the second half and prairie view lived and died by that three they tried to rely on it in the second half and they made some shots of course but it just wasn't enough fairly dickinson just just rose and just got really uh alive in that second half again led by darnell edge and jaleel jenkins darnell edge might have had the most points uh but jenkins definitely was the fire starter he led that he led them he had at six assists um, and four rebounds. I, I thought he was a player of the game, uh, but this is fairly Dickinson's first win uh, in the tournament, and they will go on to face uh, Gonzaga later on today. Uh, moving on, uh, we also got uh, Temple. Uh, obviously, yeah, Temple, they were able to get past Belmont. I'm sorry, Belmont was able to get past Temple in a battle of 11 seeds. 81 to 70 is the final score there. Uh, yesterday, we had two more games. We had North, uh, North Carolina Central taking a four-point loss to uh, North Dakota State in the battle of another battle of 16 seats 74 to 78 is the final score there you also had uh, Arizona State getting it done against St. John's in the battle uh, again of 11 seats uh, we're going to break this one down uh, for St. John's they were led by Shamori Pines 20 he had 25 points four assists and also two rebounds uh, they also got help from CJ Figueroa 19 points and 10 rebounds so a solid double double for him for Arizona Arizona State they were led by their forward Zylan Cheatham I've talked about him a lot uh, the past couple of days and just in general during the season 21 points four rebounds and two assists Lugans Dort I've definitely talked about him as well uh, top well one of the top NBA prospects so we'll get to we'll get to some NBA uh, scouting in a little bit with these guys a little bit further down the line in the tournament uh, maybe around the end but let's get to him uh, he had 21 points four rebounds and also two assists uh, for St. John's they went 9 of 30 in terms of just shooting in general. Also 3 of 13 in the, uh, from 3 in the first half. So really hard for them to score. Uh, Arizona State was the exact opposite. They had a 25 to 7 run at one point. They were just scoring all over the place. They pretty much scored throughout the entire game. Uh, there will be periods where St. John's will make it close because Shamori Pines again. Shamori Pines, excuse me, he has some phenomenal range. He was shooting some threes from almost half court. Uh, Figueroa again, he had a a solid double double uh he was making some plays too defensively he had also made some made some cr uh, crucial shots uh but again that offense just was not completely there uh they were only able to trim the lead down to just about seven points in the second half but um and that's just and that's just being that's just on GP. That's just on Figueroa making a couple plays he can, and Shamori Pons just being able to just to just just to throw it up whenever he could as well. So uh, again, very very difficult uh, last stretch. Uh, I, th I would say the whole month uh, for St. John's as a program has just been very hard. They did not win their tournament. Uh, they lost there as well. Uh, they did not really have a good showing against Arizona State. Now, mind you, Arizona State is a really good team. Uh, should they should have won their conference had it not been for. Oregon just just surprising everybody they were a favorite to win the Pac-12 so I'm not surprised they were able to pull this one off uh but again they didn't really they were I mean St. John's did play some pretty good defense and again it, it kind of made Arizona State look a little beatable but again uh with that being said St. John's wasn't gonna be the team to beat them not today or not yesterday excuse me uh but like I said I want to reiterate there is some first act first round action going on as we speak uh Minnesota and Louisville are headed up right now. That was the first game to start things off. We got Yale, uh, F, uh, Yale going up against LSU. Last time.
somebody checked on that score, they were getting their asses handed to them. Um, we also got Vermont taking on Florida State. Belmont, uh, who won that that playing game against Temple, they'll be taking on the six-seeded Maryland Terrapins. You also got New Mexico State going up against Auburn. Bradley, 15 seed. Uh, I'm not too sure where that school is at. It's one of those smaller schools, but they will be going up against the second-seeded Michigan State Spartans. You also got Northeastern going up against number four Kansas. Murray State, one of the one of the, the best smaller schools, one of the best mid-conference teams out there. Uh, Murray State, they were going up against number uh, the number five seed Marquette. You also got Florida taking on Nevada, which that should be a good matchup. St. Mary's is going to be taking on Villanova. I think that is a up, that is a potential upset alert. St. Mary's has been playing good basketball as of late, and Villanova has been a little bit sloppy. They they um. Well, actually, they looked pretty damn good going into their their uh, their conference tournament. Uh, both teams have looked pretty solid, so that's that's actually a, a a toss up. But I do like St. Mary's, being that it's a local school, so you never know. Uh, we also got Montana going at it against Michigan. Old Dominion will be facing off against Purdue. Uh, I already mentioned this before. We got uh, Fairly Dickinson going off against Gonzaga a little bit later on today. Seton Hall will also be playing. Uh, Wofford out there in the Southern Conference. I think that's an upset too. I kind of got Wofford. I have not liked uh, what I've seen from Seton Hall the past couple games they've been in. Wofford seems to be strong. They haven't really taken. They haven't taken too many L's if I'm not mistaken. Maybe one or two if they have. Uh, and then finally we have Baylor, number nine, uh, the number nine seed Baylor going up against the number eight seed Syracuse. That should be another good one as well. Two evenly uh, matched up teams. Uh, also Arizona. State with that win last night against St. John's, they will be playing. Oh, excuse me, they will. Um, who are they playing in the first round? Uh, they will be playing. Give me one second. Yeah, Arizona State will be playing Buffalo tomorrow. So, Buffalo is another uh, actually a surprise team. They finished with a really good record. Uh, they ended up beating, uh, they ended up winning their conference, that being the MAC, uh, the Mid American. So, look out. For that to be an interesting game too, they both score pretty well. All right, y'all, so I'm going to take one last quick break, and when I come back, I will be going over some NBA news as well, and we will be talking about some playoff standings. All right, y'all, I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I'm going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, we're going to get into some NBA news. Uh, we're going to start with a story coming out of, well, we got a couple stories coming out of Phoenix. Uh, for one, their forward, Kelly Oubre Jr., will miss the rest of the season uh, with a thumb surgery. Uh, he's been averaging 20 points, 5.7 rebounds since he became a starter. So, uh, that well, of course, they are out of the playoff, you know, all that race and all that. So, of course, this will give him time to rest. I think he's only going to miss about four weeks. But again, they're out of the playoffs. There's not too much to play for. So actually, maybe a little bit quicker than that. But again, you know, there's not so much they need to they need to play for. So uh, for them, the season is over. They're going to uh, give him some rest. They're going to call it a wrap for him this year. Also, uh, they were able to sign uh, guard Jimmer Fredette to a two-year deal. For those of you who do not know, uh, Jimmer Fredette was a 10th overall pick in 2011. Uh, he spent five years in the league. Now, although he was drafted by Milwaukee, he was immediately traded to the, the Sacramento Kings, and he did some work there. Uh, but then he was then traded to Chicago. New Orleans and then the Knicks uh, he only averaged about six points a game so of course 
that was no good. He eventually found himself in China. He's been there for the past three years, and he's an all-star uh, every year that he's been there. Uh, and he was an MVP in 2017. Now, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember all his stats, but I think he was averaging about 30 points a game, something like that. Of course, this is China. Uh, it's not the NBA. Uh, but he's definitely, I think, in terms, I think the biggest knock on him um, from what I was hearing uh, back after, well, I, I guess after his first, when he, when he, when he started falling apart, uh, and he found his way outside of the league. One of the main things that I was hearing was that uh, he thought he had a great considerable amount of talent, uh, but in reality, there was a lot of flaws in his game, which anybody could have saw that to begin with. But uh, because of his shooting ability, uh, it was overhyped coming out of college. Uh, there, he he tended not wanted to be the type to listen. He was very difficult to coach, and he was not really geared on trying to get his better uh, and to improve on the on the flaws that he had uh, but I'm I'm guessing for his sake that he's uh, taking a step back and he's used the international experience to do that so uh, I think it's good for him I mean he's now 30 years old he's had some time to mature uh, again uh, he was drafted in 2011, so he's definitely had some time to play basketball, be around the sport professionally. Uh, he's definitely been in the league, so he—I he, mean—he understands what's expected of him. I think at this point, it's, that's what I'm hoping um, that he understands more. He's definitely older. Uh, I think he—he he had a, a an okay shooting ability. I just think it wasn't consistent because, again, that's just how shooters tend to be. They're very streaky, and he just happened to be more streaky than the rest. And um, that was his issue. Uh, he was a great shooter coming out of college on the college level. Um, but, again, that doesn't always translate in the pros, and you have to learn the hard way. And he did. And uh, for what it's worth, he's he's now back doing his thing. Uh, now, if you're a Minnesota uh, Timberwolves fan, you're going through some real serious problems right now. Yeah, they're going through some real problems right now. Uh, but Derek Rose, Robert Covington, uh, the small forward, and Jeff Teague, their other guard, will miss the rest of the season with injuries. Covington has already missed uh, 34 games starting on December 31st, so New Year's Eve with a bruised right knee bone. Uh, Rose has also missed four straight and will have an MRI later on today for his right elbow. As for Teague, um, he's been dealing with a left foot injury since uh December. Uh, there's been some swelling there, also some inflammation. If I'm not mistaken, he will be required to wear a boot. Uh, for those reasons, Minnesota has decided to sit those four guys. Of course, we already know that their we they, their record right now is 39. I think th I'm sorry, 32 and 39. So they're well out of the range for playoffs uh, contention. So again, they're just looking to not get anybody hurt and just move on to next year. Again, it's been a tough, another tough one for Minnesota. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to these standings. Of course, we're going to be talking about some playoffs real quick. We're going to start off with the Eastern Conference as we normally do. Uh, first first and foremost, we have the Bucks on top, 53-19. and 19. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Here come the Raptors at number 2. They are 51-21, 6-4 in their last 10. Uh, the Sixers, they are standing here in the third place spot, 47-25, 7-3. Uh, they Recently got a, a victory against the Celtics, a team that they cannot get uh, a, a lot of wins with. Uh, they were able to beat them last night, 118 to 115. Kyrie had 36 points, and B though 37 points, 22 rebounds. 
all over the place uh for what it's worth um and this is something that i didn't uh know until about yeah till recently uh as as good as the sixers have looked this year they have not really been able to take it to the celtics uh the celtics have won the past 21 or 23 games against this team it's going to be interesting because of course it looks like well this is the playoff match i think that everybody wants to see um Although I don't think it's going to happen just this year. But, uh, you know, just the rivalry they have uh, right now, uh, the rivalry that they've been had historically. But um, this is looking like a playoff series that people do want to see. I don't know if it's going to happen. They got to, I think the Bucks might have to go through, I'm sorry, the, the Celtics might have to go through the Bucks, and the Raptors are probably going to have to go through, um, I'm sorry, the Sixers are probably going to go through the Raptors. So, again, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this, this series has, well, yeah, except for this game, the Celtics have been able to dominate the, the most uh, recent uh, parts of the series. So it'll be interesting come playoff time. Again, I was I was thinking that the, the Sixers were the better team this entire time. But to find out that, you know, Boston controls a regular season series uh, puts things in a little bit more perspective for me. Uh, but again, six, the Sixers have gone 7-3 in their last 10. So it looks like they're going to hold on to that third place spot. Uh, for now, uh, moving on uh, to the fourth place, we have uh, the Pacers at 44 and 28. Uh, at five, we have the Celtics at 50. I'm sorry, 43 and 29. At six, we have the Pistons at 36 and 34. At seven, we have the Nets at 37 and 36. And then finally, bringing up the rear, we have the Heat at 35 and 36. Moving on to the Western Conference, of course, we have the Warriors 48 and uh, 48 and 22. They are five and five in their last season. They've taken some ugly. Recently, um, right behind them is the Nuggets at forty-seven and twenty-two, and I think this is going to be a race up until like the the very last day between these two. The very last day of the regular season, I think these two these two teams are going to be going neck and neck at it. I think the Nuggets have been six and four in the last ten, so not not so much. There's not going to be any any drop off between these guys. At number three, we have the Rockets. Uh, they are forty five and twenty seven, eight and two in their last ten. So they've definitely picked it up. Uh, they definitely surprised me. I consider that I've been wrong about them for a little while. I just thought they were a one trick pony with Harden. I kind of am reserved uh, to feel that way, but again, they have one. They they've gone eight and two in their last ten. They're one of the hot. They're one of the faster risers right now. Uh, one of the fastest risers right now in the Western Conference. They've they've uh went, they've jumped up for the past couple. They've been jumping the past couple weeks. I think they were like sixth the last time we went over this, or maybe fifth. They jumped up a couple spots, so uh, I think they've done they've done a they've done a good job so far. Uh, bring out the fourth spot. We have the Blazers. They are at forty four and twenty seven. My boys. Uh, they beat the Mavericks last night one twenty six to one eighteen. Uh, Lillard went off for six uh, sorry thirty three points and twelve assists. Uh, C J McCollum is out though. I'm not too sure how long he's going to be out uh hopefully he'll be back in times for in time for the playoffs uh but we really need him he's out right now with a knee injury that's a lot of scoring uh that we're missing a lot of potential scoring that we were missing out on so i miss him uh my my buddies that are fans i know they miss him and uh hopefully for our for our sake because with, with, with the way that rock, the rockets are playing right now definitely surprising me uh i just hope he gets back <laughs> um at five we have the jazz at 42 and 29 at six we have another uh fast riser they're, they're just winning a lot of games they're sucking up a lot of games uh with a lot of with not a whole lot of time to go we have the spurs coming in at six nine and one in their last ten 
again. They are 42 and 30 again. I I just hope that CJ can come back sometime before play the playoffs because the Spurs are winning nine and one like this. They're just going <laughs> going on a tear like this, and just like the Rockets, it's hard. This this uh this conference is getting closer and closer. Uh, we also got the Clippers coming in at seven. Uh, 42 uh, and, and, and 30. Sorry, uh, they won 82 in their last 10, waiting uh, two in their last 10 as well. So, again, a lot of these teams are on the rise and they're peaking at the end of the season. Uh, it, again, I'm a little bit worried. Even the Warriors, I think the Warriors should be worried too. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I'm worried, I know the Warriors. Y'all act like y'all not worried, but. I think y'all should be. And finally, bringing up the rear for the Redstone Conference, we have the Thunder. They are 42 and 30. Now, this team has not been as great. Uh, this is probably been a, the, the, the worst performing team uh, so far in the last few days. They are 4 and 6 in their last 10. They are slipping, and I don't know the reason right uh, off the top of my head. As far as I know, everybody who uh, is contributing anything uh, major is healthy. So I'm not too sure of the, of the problem with the Thunder right now. Uh, they still are in, in a, uh, there's still a lot to make the playoffs. They're just the A seed. So I'm not too sure what the slip up was about. Hopefully they'll get it together. Maybe they'll improve their spot. But as of now, they're still in. Uh, but for today, we're going to call it a wrap. My next episode, I will be going over some. I've been meaning to do this, but it's a whole lot. It's somewhat of a lot. Somewhat some stuff going on uh, just in general in the world. And, and just on top of that. I do work, so forgive me. I have not gone to, I have not updated you guys on this NFL free agency, but believe me, I am working on that. Uh, I will also be having some first round action from the NCAA tournament as well. Uh, and also, I plan to have an artist profile ready for you guys. I've been, I've been listening to some, a lot, a lot of new music recently, actually, music in general, old and new. So I will be having one of those ready for you guys as well. And then finally, uh, if not this week, then sometime next week, I will be having my first installment of my immigration series. I decided to make it a series, uh, Immigration in California. I wanted to talk about uh, just the just kind of a detailed history of the state that I'm living in right now, the state that I've claimed home for a good majority of my life, uh, the, the history that I've been able to come across and understand, uh, dealing with immigration and just California. Again, California somewhat, California in general, and I wanted to have my first episode, my first installment on that be about kind of the early history of california but eventually i want to make it um you know of course i want to talk about immigration as well so i want to talk about immigration patterns and, and movement patterns throughout the state and the history of those as well so it's going to be really in depth and it's going to be a, a few parts to it so it's going to be like a series so i want to have that either ready for y'all by the end of this week or the start of next week so look out for that as well and uh for now i'm gonna call it a wrap you guys have a good day if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you uh thanks for checking me out i am on itunes and spotify never out of bounds of course, this is your man L Jamal. You can catch me on uh, on Instagram and and Facebook. So take a look out for me there. And if you would like to donate, I do have uh, a cash app and um, a PayPal. So uh, it, once again, uh, this is this is your man L Jamal. And uh, signing out. Y'all have a good one. Love you.